Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole Palazzo, and today we sit down with Bahar Un. Bahar is from Turkey, and she's here in Germany getting a master's degree. So she talks to us about her experience and her process being an international student at a German university. So this will be somewhat similar to episode two, that is the language course visa with Jenny. This is also about a student visa. Um, some of the things you'll hear are in common, like the bank account, but there are differences. So, so if you're more interested in coming to Germany just for a temporary period of time to learn the language, then you'll more want to listen to episode two. If you're interested in pursuing a degree of any sort in Germany, this is the episode for you. So the cool thing about being an international student here in Germany is that you can come in and do a more um, mainstream course of study, so within a German language program, or there's also a lot of English-speaking programs to make it easier on international students who may not know German yet. Bahar's program is one such program, and personally, I find it really interesting because, as you'll hear me talk a little bit about in the episode, I have a bachelor's and a master's degree from the wonderful United States of America. One downside about that lovely land that I come from is that we have very, very expensive higher education programs. So for someone like me, who is a little bit jaded and financially strained from having to afford a master's program in America... This program in Germany is really appealing because, um, yeah, you'll hear me in the episode in Bahar too both say, oh, wow, this is quite expensive and this and that, but really it's nothing compared to the States. So yeah, <laughs> definitely good to listen to. Um, and again, this is Bahar's experience, so it's going to be a little bit different throughout um, the country, and you'll hear her talk about that too. We also get to talking about her thesis, which is really super interesting. It has to do with immigrant identity and how we form it and how the objects that we bring with us inform those identities. So it's a really cool topic, but Bahar, of course, being the writer of her own thesis, will tell it to you better than I could. So here, let's go ahead and listen to Bahar. My name is Bahar and I'm from Istanbul and I have been living here in Germany for two and a half years almost. And I just studied British and North American cultural studies. It's a master's degree. It takes two years normally, like four semesters. But right now I am in the fifth semester. And I think I just need one more semester to complete my master thesis. And We yeah. like to call that in America the victory lap. <laughs> <laughs> Doing so great in school that you just stay a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, I okay. The thing is that the whole program is so flexible. Like nobody bothers you. Like you just need to do this and that in this term. And I think I just took my adaptation period quite long, at least like two terms here in Germany. But I almost got over it. So yeah, it's going well. Good. <laughs> yeah. And how how long had you been living in Germany before you started school? Oh, no, yeah. not at all. I just visited Germany once for my sister's wedding, but it was just for one week. It was good. Yeah, yeah. you must have liked something because you came back, right? So how what was that decision? What made you decide I'm going to move here and I'm going to go to school here for my master's? Okay, the first thing is that, like, yeah, that village experience actually gave me some kind of relaxing, the idea of relaxing life and so on, because uh, I just spent almost six years in Istanbul, which is a metropolitan city and full of cars and, like, people and buildings and everything, like, without any nature and so on. And when I first experienced, like, oh, how people cool here, you know, like, so relaxed and, like almost don't have any that big stress like us 
in Turkey and I was like okay I think I will try I will try something out and in that sense I just chose Freiburg because I already had a friend here and she just said like so pretty stories about it like oh yeah people are so nice and like nature is so nice and like <laughs> department is like so cool with everything and like quite friendly with international students and so on yeah so what made you choose your specific course of study? So in Turkey, I just studied English language and literature as my bachelor degree. Back there, literature studies do not have that much opportunity for your critical thinking. But here, like with that cultural studies, like you do have lots of flexibility in your uh, choice of study. For example, you can be specialized in just media uh, of one culture or of one nation. And you can choose lots of different materials for your research, not like only your book for your literature analysis, you know. But with cultural studies, any material is just your research material. I mean, it's quite fascinating for me. For example, I do have one project. Uh, it's about Belfast, which is a walled city. Like it got, uh, I think, 99 walls around the city. Wow. For example, you can analyze like literature and architecture relationship uh, in that city. And is this program in English? The whole study is taught in English, but as an international student, you're able to take some language courses as well. How did that work in terms of applying as an international student or getting your, your visa as an international student? As you can imagine, like as a Turkish person, you do have lots of procedures in front of you. It's not that easy, but quite doable, I will say. First, I just prepared my papers for, for the application of the university, which includes mostly your previous study and your transcript and your language uh, documents and so on. And also my, some excerpts from your previous thesis and your previous papers and so on. Then there came banking process because you need to prove your financial status actually before coming here. So back then, for me, it was 8,000 uh, euros. You need to have uh, one of in German banks. And it must be in blocked account. And when you think about uh, currency exchange, like euro and Turkish dollars, for us, like it is quite big money. And after that, I think the visa process was like quite easy because when you had that money and everything goes so well, so soft. Then I had one interview at the consulate and I think within one week or two weeks, I just got my visa, which was three months visa at the beginning. Then when I came to Germany, I just applied again for my student visa and I was issued two years student visa. Okay, wow. So it theoretically could cover your whole time in the program. Exactly, exactly. And um, it wasn't that tough process as well because... Uh, since you already got three months visa and you just registered for your studies and you also need to have some health insurance from private or state of uh, institutions. That's so important in Germany. And did these visas cost money to get? Just to get my two years student visa, I just paid 60 euros. That's not bad. It's, it's quite good. Yeah. Oh. And that was all. So is there understanding that this 8,000 is what you're living off of while you're here for those two years? Yeah, normally like your normal living expenses in Germany, uh, especially in Freiburg, cost around 700 euros according to those, uh, you know, papers. And that 8,000 euro 
is the money you can use you're allowed to use for one year actually you need to use for one year wow so as a student you need to think about for your second year and better to find a job and i just found a job and i still supply myself uh, financially without any problem and so with your student visa you're also allowed to get a job Definitely. It is you're allowed to work 40 hours uh, per month. This makes almost 450 euros. It's called mini job and it is almost like you're allowed to work half of the year and part-time basis. So when you think about your whole costs and your previous money in the bank account, this 450 euro is quite enough actually. And that's nice that they let you work while you're you're on the visa because i know certain visas there's very strict stipulations about Mm -hmm. can you work at all Mm -hmm. in addition or do you need to get a separate visa actually you can also earn more than this 450 euros but then you need to pay taxes so it's Ah. not that like limited as a student find jobs or like to work so german government in that sense is like quite flexible and like quite helpful i would say And with this two-year visa, so you said you're staying an extra year in your program. So did you have to extend it? Yeah, true. My previous visa expired around October last year. That's why I just applied three months ago before my uh, expiration date to get an appointment. After that, I just prepared again some documents like my registration, university registration, transcript, also health insurance. And also financial status document. I did have back then for 1,500 euros. After that, I went to my appointment and it went quite well. I got one year extension. And the person said that if I keep being student for another year or for another term, it's a lot easier to extend it. And I will just send email to them and I can extend quite easily. But this process is not working like this for everyone else in Germany. I do have a friend in Bavaria, in Bamberg, and she also studies in the almost the same uh, master program. And she also wanted to extend it, but the whole process is completely different. And she just had to show um, 4,500 euros, the same amount, just mm-hmm. for six months. Oh, geez. Yeah. I don't know why it is like that, but it is just completely different. I guess it's best to come prepared with yeah. everything you have and, and hope for the best. Never lose your hope. Right. <laughs> that's the first thing. <laughs> yeah. So theoretically, could you just be a forever student and just keep extending and never finish <laughs> your master's or get a different master's too? Definitely, as long as you finance yourself. But there is a tricky thing, actually. Uh, there is a recent law uh, that passed last year for example for non-european students coming over germany to study first master and also second bachelor normal bachelor students are not included in that law i think uh, you just need to pay as a tuition fee 1500 euros whoa yeah and plus 150 euros uh, you know registration fee it's like almost 1650 euros it's quite a lot of money Ooh. So yeah. that's a little tricky then. That changes <laughs> things a little bit. That's even more money you would have to have saved up ahead of time to come here yeah. as a student. And now that you've been here a couple years, you're German near fluent? Or um, how would you categorize it? Actually, not like near fluent, but I will say it is C1 right now, okay. according to papers as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's important, you know. I do have goal this year. While finishing my master thesis, I also want to take test off exam just to have a document stating that my German level, you know, officially stating that my German level is this and that so that I could find a job later in Germany or to apply for a PhD. They do love their official documents here. I will say that. Definitely. (laughs) 
Lots of them. <laughs> lots and lots of them, yeah. yeah. So are you, um, so are these your options? If you want to stay in Germany after your master's, you could go on to a PhD or you could find a, a job, job. Okay. Related to my studies. Okay, so it has to be di directly related. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. And that would then be a work visa. You would transition from a student visa to then a, a work visa, but they'll only grant it if it's in a field related to your study. Yeah, definitely. Okay. For example, uh, right now my visa um, lasts until end of September. And then before that, I need to apply for a work permit. I do get automatically one half year work permit. But in this year, I need to find definitely a job related to my study. Otherwise, I think I will be deported. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> so you have six months after your studies to find something or go back. I think it's quite a huge time, but luck and your skills and like your education and everything sure. uh, important. So it'll depend on the on what's available then because six months is a decent amount of time that's that's a reasonable yeah. i would say that's a system that is trying to set you up for success that seems like a totally fair system Definitely. however it is very based on what is available and i guess in the area too you'd have to if there's not stuff available here you might have to look in other locations around germany um, yeah that is on my mind actually i just think about a bit bigger cities like uh, berlin hamburg or frankfurt because Thanks to my English, maybe I could have more opportunities there, but it's never like granted. You need to do whole stuff yourself. So you need to be quite determined, actually, in that sense. And I've heard, too, that a lot of employers here do take your level of education very seriously because there are certain pay brackets that in a lot of the cultural or humanities fields they follow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a master's degree is supposed to be paid within this bracket. A PhD is supposed to be paid within this bracket. And mm -hmm. if you do get the PhD, they will sometimes say you are overqualified for this position. So we will not give you it. In which case you are <laughs> then facing a whole nother challenge because yeah. your job market has shrunk. Yeah. So it's this weird, you know, being more educated might actually work against you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's my uh, fear as well, because age is also important, for example, when you're done with your PhD as well. So it takes here in Germany between three to five years. So after that period, because of your age or because of your education, some companies should say that you're overqualified or like underqualified. I really don't know. So It's kind of scary, but uh, I never regretted to have changed my life like this because it is just when you got some ideal or like when you got some goal to reach, you just need to do that change and then the rest comes like one way or another. Also, you need to be flexible in, in terms of your like future plans. For example, right now, I can never say like for sure, I want to pursue my academic career in academia. So that's important, being flexible. Yeah, I think definitely this mindset thing is, is pretty huge with coming yeah. to a new country because even just to get into your master's program, to make that happen, you had yeah. to go through a lot of having hope and being flexible and yeah. and chasing these goals, not against all odds, but you know, <laughs> with, with certain challenges faced yeah. ahead of you. That you've come this far is definitely a good sign and it would seem definitely doable to, to keep <laughs> going in the future. Yeah. But it's I think this is part of being an immigrant to a new country is... is you are in an uphill battle the whole time. There yeah. is always this additional factor of being an outsider or oh, yeah. <laughs> being not fluent in the language. Yeah. I found for myself, at least, that there are some jobs that I'm perfectly qualified for. However, because my German is around the B2 level, 
that is not fluent enough for these positions. So in that sense, I'm underqualified. Yeah. So, you know, your your idea of qualification or not qualification is always shaped. Definitely. I totally agree. Yeah. And how has your experience been while you've been in your program? Is it, are you, are there a lot of international students? Have you enjoyed the experience of being here as an international student? Yeah, actually, I could say, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it a lot. So I just started in 2015. And then um, in our class, we had almost um, 18 people from all over the world. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Like from India, from Iran and from some islands, even I cannot locate on the map. And (laughs) really, that was so cool. And interestingly, so we do have every year, our program is called like shortly MIBNEX. And we do have every year... Wait, what? Ma- Mibnex. So, okay, let me explain <laughs> that. So, Master in British and North American Cultural Studies. So, it's like uh, first letters, Mibnex. Mibnex. Yeah. <laughs> and well, yeah. acronym. It's cool. I like it. It helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. Much shorter than saying Master's in British and North yeah. American Studies. <laughs> Definitely. So, we do have every year welcoming events to welcome new students and to create an atmosphere for new and and the old ones to exchange infos and everything. And we do have a mentoring program as well. So in those meetings, we just meet all different generations, actually. So after my year, as I said, this law passed. And because of that law, I will say last year, my meeting with those new Mibnex, I just saw quite a lot German people than uh, international students. So it's like, you know, the whole dynamics completely changed. So right now, before at my study, when I started uh, in my group, we just had two or three German students, actually. But uh, this year, actually, it was like 13 or 14 German students and one or two international students wow. from Europe. So Really? That's a huge change. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I also had a little chat uh, about this topic with my uh, professor. And he said that at the beginning, his aim is to give flexible and free opportunities to especially females in all over the world, especially in like limited areas, you know. I will say Turkey also <laughs> included. Yeah. So, but with that law, his whole um, goal is just just gone. It's just killed. It's, it's not. It's not valid anymore. So right now, it's just German students or European students. This program. And uh, hopefully, get. they would one day be able to find funding to offer scholarships to cover that fee or something like that. But that's definitely. But that definitely changes things. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so you said eighteen in your class when you started. So my master's program was. We never had this sense of like a group. So Mm -hmm. I have a master's in library and information science. And there were, when I graduated, probably close to 70 towards 100 people that graduated just for that program. But they were not people that we all had classes together. These these were people from all different specializations within that degree. Some people did the degree in four years. Some did it in two. Some did it in one. So there was Mm -hmm. never the sense of like, this is the group that I advance with over time. And our class sizes were probably... 12 to 20 mm-hmm. per per individual course. So if you have 18 in the whole program, mm-hmm. were there always 18 in the classes or, or how many people were, you know, in the room when you were actually having those lessons? Okay, good question. So we do have two different classes, actually. One is a Vorlesung, uh, it means lectures. Okay. And the other one is master seminars. It is like more specialized classes about, uh, you know, topics. 
for example, lectures is like introduction to um, cultural studies. It is it attracts 150, almost 150 students wow. from all different departments according to your interests. So in these classes, you can hard define your classmate. But in our seminars, we were almost 20 people in the class because these master seminars is not only for us, but for literature master students and also linguistic master program. Plus, um, there are bachelor students also who are able to take those classes. Whole requirements for different groups of students are different. For example, we need to write 20 pages paper just to get our grade, but bachelor students need to write 15 pages. Okay. So we can just meet in the same class, like from different generations and from different departments, but we just need to do some quite different requirements just to get our grade, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've really heard of a, a structure like that where you have these sort of tiers. So you're all learning the same thing, but your your output is leveled according to your goal, your yeah. degree at the end of this. Yeah, yeah. German system is completely different. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool though. I mean, yeah. it sounds like a nice way to do things so that you have these different ideas. You have maybe younger people earlier on with their studies who will have different questions than mm-hmm. someone who's in your case, you know, more advanced or closer to the end. Yeah. So you get more of a, a, a diverse pool of thought, yeah. which is huge with humanities. That's definitely the whole goal. <laughs> because, I mean, our job is in the class. Our job in the class is just, you know, discuss and like find interesting points in those texts and like in, in those materials. So it's so important to have different generations from different cultures. So I find it quite fascinating. And what, so now you're working towards your thesis, yes? Yeah, Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is? Oh yeah, I'm quite excited about this. I want to write on um, Irish immigrants in 20th century. So there were lots of Irish people who immigrated to US in 20th century. So at the end of 19th century and the beginning of 20th century. Why I found this topic? Okay, it comes from my interest in Irish culture uh, during my bachelor degree. And then last year, I did have another class about Irish culture. It was about Irish identity. And there we had excursion to Ireland. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah. Where did you go? To Dublin for four days and one day trip to Belfast. And also I spent four days in Galway. We just uh, actually had a chance to travel around the city but not just travel around the city it's like we just visited lots of uh, memorials and we just visited museums and then also we just visited Trinity College and we just had little lectures there and that was quite fascinating experience I will say that's so neat and was that part paid for as part of your program or did you have to fund that it was part of my program but another issue like as a Turkish citizen I just had to pay for um, my visas I just had to apply for two different visas just for one week travel and British and Irish visa. And I just paid almost 230 euros just for just for fee for visa. After we completed our excursion, we were funded almost 200 euros back. And that was quite good. But when you think about like a German student, for them, it is just nothing, you know, you just spend almost 500 euros and you just got almost half of it back. So that's fantastic. It is. It is definitely. So I will say in that sense, like Germany is like quite initiative, at least to create those kind of excursions and like different experiences and conferences and so on. And also like quite helpful in financial way. Definitely. Yeah. And the cost of the university itself is 
Yeah. No, it's yeah. so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but I got distracted by this trip. Oh, yeah. So, so, so you're, <laughs> this is how your interest in Ireland revived it or was revived. Yeah, definitely. And then um, this, my interest in Irish culture just uh, came together with my situation being uh, like student immigrant here in Germany. So I was like all the time thinking about how um, like expats or immigrants or refugees how they create their sense of identity in a different culture so how is it possible for example how do they come to compromise like which part of their old and acquired identity still survives you know how can you balance it so that's why i just wanted to focus on that so why 20th century because as you can imagine, it's the crazy era, I will say. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on. And it's the, I mean, it's the end of uh, famine years for Irish culture. So it's really important. Also, like all of uh, technological advances and so on. I just wanted to start from that century. And then maybe I would love to keep working on that, uh, you know, coming towards to today, maybe in my PhD degree as a like research proposal. So I really want to figure out, like, how can you create your identity as a as an outsider here? That's so interesting. Yeah. So you'll get to pull in your own experience. You'll get to pull from literature. And, and you're specifically talking about Irish immigration to America? Yeah, okay. definitely. Cool. It is like Irish immigration to America. And my specific concern is, like, it's fictional representations, how we can see immigration and immigrant identity location um sorry dislocation and like uh, displacement how you feel those emotions in fictional representations plus memoirs because there have been thousands of letters from those irish immigrants to back to their country so uh, their family members and so on and it's most of them are online available in archives so i would love to find those fictional representations are really far-fetched when you think about memoirs you know or is it like real really representative of the feeling the spirit uh, of the immigrants so let's see what comes out so right now i'm I'm in process of doing my research still that's actually so i'm from philadelphia which has a Mm -hmm. lot of irish immigrants and my mom's side of the family is mostly (laughs) irish and they came over around that time i believe um if i'm getting my my personal ancestry dates correct (laughs) here is around yeah late 19th century early 20th century is when they went over and um i've thought about sort of similar things in my own life because um that side of the family is mostly Irish, but there's a little bit of German. And mm-hmm. that part, they moved over in, I think, early 20th century. Mm-hmm. And coming here now, it is really funny because things that my grandmother does that she learned from her grandparents, who were the ones that moved over, are, are directly tied to German culture. And I had no <laughs> idea. I thought this was just yeah. what my grandma does. She wear, or she puts lace on her windows because yeah. it looks nice, <laughs> sure. And then you come here and you see every single house has these little lace windows. Yeah. And um, you, you can see how it traced down from her grandparents, learned it here, brought it to America, taught it down, taught it down. And yeah. now I'm coming back and seeing what yeah. was left. So yeah. That's quite interesting. I'm, I'm completely interested in those things because... It's really good to see that, you know, what part of your identity you just bring with you and what part of it you just compromise and what part of it you just change it or which part of German identity or like American identity you just want to adopt. What is the criteria here and how it is different back then 
because right now I can feel that immigrant spirit here myself. I just want to feel that how was it like 100 years ago so and how how it changed to today. You know, I recently I just recognized that, for example, okay, when you think about the daily routine, so my breakfast routine, it's completely from Turkey. So it's from Turkish culture. For me, like breakfast is completely important. And I do spend almost one hour just to have that breakfast. One hour? Yeah, in a relaxing way, because it was that I got used to it. So from my childhood and from our culture as well. So for us, especially Sunday breakfast with family members, it's so important. I don't know. Also, like our breakfast table, like got everything. So we do have like, I mean, from fries to olives. And for example, some people <laughs> get quite confused. And are you really eating olives in breakfast? Because <laughs> it's just for pizza, you know, for people. <laughs> so for example, this. And the second thing is that recently I was thinking about, you know, this cultural symbols or cultural objects that you take with you when you go abroad. For example, that's my teapot. I do have that teapot in front of me all the time. And that teapot is so important for me. So throughout the day, I need it like after food or before food or like during study. It relaxes me. That is the way I got used to it. So in Turkey, when you make a tea, it just boils whole day until you just sleep. So it is quite a cultural thing, you know. So interesting. Let's see, yeah. And this topic actually transitions us nicely into our final part of the show, what I oh. like to call zack, zack, zack. Oh, yeah. So these are a couple of things you brought from Turkey here. And then mm-hmm. I have a couple of quick questions about different topics about German culture. So okay. the way this round works, I'm going to ask you three questions and you just give me the, the first answer you think of, whatever comes to mind. Okay, ready? ready? Great. Yeah. Okay. First one. What is the weirdest German food that you've tried here? Um, Blutwurst. Yeah. What is your favorite place to visit in Germany? Mm, Black Forest. And um, what is your go-to drink at a German bar? Mineral water. (laughs) (laughs) Mineral water. I like it. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So those are your sex, sex, sex. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Bahar, and sharing all your insights into the student visa experience. You're welcome. It was a lot of fun to be with you here and like I, I loved it. There you have it. Thanks again, Bahar, for coming on and telling us all about the visa process as well as your thesis. I wish you nothing but the best as you wrap up your master's program and figure out what comes next for you. Thank you as always to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in podcasting and in life, who is the producer for the Expat Cast. Thank you as always to Amy Lange Art for the logo and to Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. You can also find us on Instagram at the Expat Cast, as well as on Facebook and on Twitter and on interest go ahead and find us there and let us know any questions you have any requests for future episodes and also go ahead and hit subscribe wherever you're listening leave us a rating leave us a review it really helps us especially to reach people who might be interested in hearing this episode so that they too can pursue a degree in germany or abroad next week on the show we have a repeat visitor we sit down with ashley who you may remember from episode three where she talked to us about teaching english abroad This time, Ashley is back to talk to us about something totally different, pregnancy and Germany. (laughs) Until then, Palazzo out.